Welcome to the FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Esther Kewen and myself, Lydia O'Donnell. Femipod for episode number 79. I am here with Esty, my bestie. And this week we are here to catch you up on what we've been up to lately from work to running and even racing. And as you may have seen recently, we launched the Femi and Nike Melbourne Marathon Festival training plans, a running plan with your menstrual cycle in mind. So we're going to get into answering all of your questions on the journey and the programs. But before we do so, Est, how are you? Oh, I'm really good. Thanks, Liz. Yeah, I am feeling pretty good at the moment. I have been feeling good training over the last week or so. Um, But yeah, before that, I kind of had a bit of a stressful time, I think. As you know, I feel like I was, you know, close to being burnt out or, you know, on the verge of just like really needing a break from everything. I think um my stress levels have probably been a bit too high so yeah just like I'm so lucky and grateful for the team at Femi who got around me and gave me a couple days off and have really helped sort of work around my workload alongside everything else that I'm trying to juggle as well so I'm just like super grateful for the team that we have and um yeah feeling better already more energized ready to just take on the world um I am meant to be day 25 right now, but I am not 100% sure because as Lids knows, I think because of all the stress maybe of Yersinia, if you listen to those episodes where I explained that I had this really weird bacterial infection that's super rare, um, but I also have like, um, yeah, been struggling a little bit with anxiety and stress as well. And so I had some irregular bleeding in the middle of my cycle for about five days. So to be honest, I don't know where I am right now. I think I'm meant to be late luteal, but I kind of feel better than normal in terms of like what my late luteal norm is. So we shall see. Um, just, yeah. I feel like getting a stress under control, getting my stress under control and just being kind to myself is making me feel good anyway. So it could be that as well. Um, But yeah, that's a little update about me. How are you feeling, Lids? And I know everyone listening will want to hear about your incredible ultra marathon that you threw yourself into. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, as you can probably hear in my voice. Um, I feel like I'm a bit blocked up. I think I might have a bit of a cold, which is not great, but I probably deserve it um, by because of what I did in the weekend. But yeah, for those who don't know, I threw myself into a 50k ultra trail race in the weekend, which I actually only signed up to do the week before. So I've kind of been training for marathons all year. Um, I've had a few um, sicknesses, which made me not be able to get to the start line of those races, but I really have been kind of doing some sort of marathon training since the start of the year. And so I definitely have the fitness and I knew that signing up to this race that I'd have the fitness, but I really underestimated, I guess, 
um, the toughness of running on trails, and especially the race that I sound, signed up to. Uh, so for a bit of context, my good friends, Michaela and Tim, shout out to you two if you're listening. Um, they are trail runners from Sydney and I haven't seen them in a very long time. And they've told me that they were doing this trail race in Brisbane a couple of weeks ago. And I said to them, like, I'll come down and visit them. And then I was like, well, if I'm going down, I might as well jump into one of the races for training. Um, So I kind of had mentally committed to doing a race. But when I went to go sign up the week before, the 10 and the half had both sold out. And so the only options were the 50 and the 100K. And I definitely was not going to race 100K. And so I said, I'll just sign up to the 50K and do it as like a long a long, long run, like my long training run for my Saturday run, long run. And um, so I usually do like 30 to 35 on a Saturday. So it's not a heck of a lot more, but it is on trails and it was 2000 meters elevation, which I'm like someone who hates hills at the best of times. (laughs) And this was the hilliest race that I possibly could have picked to do for my first ultra I didn't really imagine myself signing up to doing an ultra this year. I kind of like, yeah, it was quite a random thing to do. Um, But I also wanted to go out and run this trail race. I think mentally for myself, um, the last few months, as Est also mentioned, like have been super stressful at work. There's been a lot going on. Um, And on top of that, my dad's been really unwell. So For those who don't know, my dad got diagnosed with the big C um, about two and a half years ago. And the year he, I was actually thinking this the other day, which is kind of like funny, but the not funny, but it must be a sign. Um, The year he got diagnosed a few months later, I signed up and did this like crazy obstacle course race, um, which was again, really out of the norm. And I just did it to like, I think maybe just like push myself and see what I was capable of. And now two and a half years later, um, and my dad's really unwell again, and things are a bit uncertain with his health. And over the last few months, it's kind of just been like literally every day checking to make sure he's okay. Um, and, then I think I signed up to this race because of all of that as well, which is, yeah, I think for me when I'm probably struggling mentally um, and there's so much like uncertainty, uncertainty going on in my life, I want to go and put myself into the hurt locker and like put myself into a um, position of like the outcome is all like about me and like, oh, I'm going to write it's something that I was thinking about a lot when I was racing on Saturday was like, obviously my dad and his strength and like his, his strength to fight. um, Sorry. has really like got him through the last few years. And when I was out there on some of those gnarly hills, honestly, like I can't even explain how steep these hills were. All I could think about was him and how like, I wanted to bring his strength into my race because he's so inspiring. And um, yeah, I guess for me, it was just like, I just want to go out there and do this because the only person that is going to get through this race is me. Like it's all up to me. The result is all about me and I'm in full control of the outcome. Whereas like everything else in my life right now 
is kind of out of my control. Um, as much as I try to control things at work, <laughs> it's really not in my control. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's why, like I also did this race was just like, yeah, take five hours away from the real world and see what I can do off my own back and yeah. Um, and think about dad and yeah, just inspired by him and his strength. So that's another reason why I did it, but it was hard. <laughs> like it was, I want to say probably top three hardest things I've ever done in my life. Um, uh, maybe, maybe number one, but I, it's so hard to like compare toughness when you're not in it. But at the moment when I was in that race, honestly, all I could think about was just like, other than my dad and his strength was like, get me out of here. Like I, I kind of always thought that that trail and ultra running was like mostly running. And I realize now that there's a lot of fast hiking in trail runs and ultras, um, which I'm not used to. Like I really love running fast. I love running on the road and like running quick. Uh, and then in a trail race like that, you just can't run fast. Like there was probably a section of three or four Ks in the race. The race was the Guzzler, if anyone's wondering, um, in Brisbane. And there was probably like three or four Ks section, which was flat around the reservoir, which was beautiful, like really stunning. And I felt so good. That was at like maybe 12, 15 to 17 Ks, something like that. And it was so nice. That was the best section of the whole race. Other than that, the rest of the race was either going up or going down. And there was like gnarly roller coasters of like you go up really short, steep climb and then down a really short, steep like downhill. And then you go up again and down. It's just like your legs just don't get a break. So I was really focusing on going when I was going uphill, it was all just like protect the lungs. Like don't go so hard that you're really going to burn your lungs out. And then every time I was going down these steep hills, it was protect the legs. So I was just being like, protect the lungs, protect the legs, protect the lungs, protect the legs. Because yeah, that was, um, that kind of got me through 20, 30 Ks. And that last like 10 K was an absolute battle. Um, there is a climb at about seven, 47 Ks, which they call, um, Kokoda. And it is, I want to say maybe like a K long, but it is so steep. I was almost on all fours, like climbing with loose gravel under my feet. And I was stopping and swearing. And at that point, when I saw there was a there was a 5K to go marker at 47Ks. And I was like, oh, it's 50K. So once I get to the top of the hill, I only have 2Ks to go and then I'll be home. And then when I saw the 5Ks to go, I like literally shed some tears and I was like, you've actually got to be joking me. Like it's only an extra couple of Ks, but when you're in that much pain, um, a couple of Ks is feels like forever and it takes so long to do. So even those last two Ks into the finish, I, which was mostly downhill, I was stopping and walking some of that. So yep. Um, it was yeah, really hard. <laughs> and I don't know if I'll, I definitely won't ever do that race again. No offense to the Guzzler. Like it was a really crazy experience, but it was so hard. I don't think I'd ever do that race again, but I, I think I would like to do maybe a 50 K like flat ultra if that exists something that's relatively flat because I think I could do a lot better, but um, I did one. So I am proud of that. I just like would love to see me run more of it than like more than run walk it.
Maybe finding one, yeah, with less hills next time or something, like a little bit less elevation, maybe a thousand meters or something, <laughs> and you can run lots of it. Um, but yeah, or oh, that was say I, yeah, man, I totally get it. You know, like you want to sometimes just smash your body to get out of your mind. I totally have been there, and I know that everyone listening will just be sending you so much love, lids and like so sorry going through that because yeah Pete seeing loved ones sick is like the hardest thing in the world um but yeah I'm so proud of you for your run you absolutely crushed it and like yeah I know your dad will be so proud of you too yeah dad was um back home in New Zealand following along which was awesome and like mum even messaged me after saying that's the best day that dad's had in so long so like it's cool to hear that sort of stuff but Yeah, I think for those listening who may have listened to some of our previous podcasts about putting yourself into like the hurt locker or that whole um, quote around no pain, no gain, like I want to acknowledge that this is not normal um, and running 50Ks is not normal and putting yourself through that much pain is not a normal or a normal thing to do or something that we would encourage. Um, I have been running marathons now for nearly 10 years and it's taken me this long to step up in distance. So it is like a really crazy thought to think that 50 Ks to some people feels like a really normal distance to just go out and run. Um, It is not normal for me and it's not normal for anybody. So (laughs) it is a really wild thing to achieve and I'm really proud that I did it. But um, still, we still don't stand by that quote of no pain, no gain, because I was in a lot of pain and I don't know that I gained a lot from it, Um, (laughs) other than not being able to really walk right now. uh, It's definitely taking a long time to recover. Yeah, definitely. And like your actual body itself, not just the way you're walking, like will be in, you know, a whole lot of pain. And yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's not just like your muscles and stuff. It's like your organs and everything actually get damaged. Like people can get proper organ damage from this, this type of distance. So yeah, what you did is an incredible feat. And yeah, like you said, don't do what Lids did if you're not a custom marathon runner and enter a 50k ultra the week before. Definitely do not. Absolutely not. But um. Yeah, I don't know if there's any more else to talk about that race. That was just an insane weekend. <laughs> I know. I feel like we should do a whole pod on it. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people um, are interested because there are quite a few, you know, road runners who want to get into trails, not necessarily ultras, just running on trail compared to running on the road. And it is, um, you know, it does take some transitioning to going from running on like a really flat surface to getting on a technical trail. Even a non-technical trail is really different. So um, yeah, we can definitely chat about that at another time. We do an episode on how we can transition. Um, Maybe we can bring my beautiful friend Mick on the podcast, who is a very experienced trail runner who actually ran um, 270Ks in one race. And she was telling me how she's had like she had 50 jowls or something in one race, which was like insane. <laughs> Again, not good for your body. Anyway. I feel sorry for her guts. That That is insane. <laughs> Crazy. My friend actually, shout out to my friend Tim, who won the 100K. He, um, in the weekend, did the Gusler 100 and was 
are amazing. Um, he is an incredible athlete and it was just so cool to see him cross the finish line in first place, but also smash the record by like an hour or something. Um, yep. Amazing. Weapons. Oh, well, speaking of things that aren't normal, um, <laughs> we, if you haven't seen, we have put out some Nike Melbourne Marathon Festival training plans Femi training plans that are aligned to the menstrual cycle for those training for the half and full marathon. And we're so excited for these plans to go out and for people to have some guidance and lead up to their races. Um, and we thought that we should answer some questions today because the programs are, you know, not super technical, but there's definitely some, maybe some new terms in there for people. Um, there's some specifics around trainings that maybe people want to know about. So we thought we'd jump into answering those questions so thanks to everybody who sent those questions through uh we just do want to shout out to people to say yes like the shorter distances are coming we're we're bringing out five and 10k plans um in the next few weeks so stay tuned for that um the reason that we launched the half and the full marathon plans earlier is to give those people training for those distances more time to work towards them but don't think we've forgot you if you are a beginner runner like shout out to you and thanks for listening um but we have got your back too so again like running a half if you're running 21ks or 42ks it is not a normal thing for people to do um it's incredible that you're doing it and we are so proud that you're doing it and thanks for being on the journey with us but if you're running any of the other distances the 5 or the 10k like you should be super proud of yourself too you know just getting out there and getting after it and signing up to a race is massive and I was saying recently to a group of people through um, one of the Nike events I was doing that you know one of the biggest achievements in your journey is actually just signing up to the race and setting a goal because setting a goal means that you have the belief in yourself that you're going to do that and that's amazing and that's one of the most important things that you need as a runner is the belief and confidence in yourself that you can achieve it and by setting a goal, it means that you do believe it because you wouldn't set a goal that's completely, utterly ridiculous that you won't achieve, right? So there is part of you, somewhere inside you, you do believe that you can do it, which is so cool. So congrats on setting those goals. And whether that's the 5K, 10K, half or full, we're here with you on the journey and we're super excited to kick it all off. Are you going to run the Nike Melbourne Marathon Festival this year? I think so, yeah. I have the plans of running a half marathon at this stage, but yeah, I think it's sold out. So <laughs> hanging on to hopefully get some tickets. But like, yeah, even the 5K or the 10K, I love all distances and I'm yet to compete a ma complete a marathon. You know, I still haven't done that distance yet. So um, that's Maybe something. Maybe this that, is the year for it. Oh, I feel like it's a bit too close, but, you know, um. <clears throat> I think I'd be able to do it. I would just love to do it like feeling really prepared. Um, so maybe not this one, this time around, but soon. Yeah. So one of those distances that we talked about just then, 21 and below. I what about you? See you run a marathon. I'm going to be so emotional at the finish line watching you <laughs> finish a marathon. Cute. Oh, I can't wait to pick your brains. Um, <laughs> Um, am I going to race? No, I don't think I will be because I will be working. I will be so jealous of everybody racing on the 15th of October, but 
I will probably be the biggest hype gal on the sidelines. So, um, but what I am here for is the journey. I definitely will be on the journey for with everybody else, training alongside them and um, being one of the coaches from Nike, as well as obviously a Femi coach as we lead into the marathon um, and yeah, get you on these training programs to train towards the distances. So a little bit of context around the programs before we jump into things. Yes, there's a half and full marathon program that is currently out. You can go to our Instagram page and go out to, go to our link in our bio to sign up for the programs. They're delivered to you in four-week blocks. So for the half and full, you will get three four-week blocks leading into the marathon race day. Um, and these programs are all based around your menstrual cycle. So if you are somebody who menstruates and has a natural menstrual cycle, you can follow the programs. And the biggest change in the programs for those with a natural menstrual cycle is your Tough Girl Tuesday workouts that are your speed sessions. So like we've been delivering you Tough Girl speed workouts, a Tough Girl Tuesday speed workouts on Instagram based on the phase that you're in in your cycle, you'll be able to figure out which workout you want to do in the training plan based off those phases. So you'll be able to see in the programs on Tough Girl Tuesdays, you're given two different workouts, one follicular workout, one luteal workout. And if you know where you're at in your cycle, you can pick the workout that's appropriate for you. For people who don't have a natural menstrual cycle are potentially on contraception, um, you are able to choose the workout that is right for you based off your energy levels and actually how you feel. So you will just need to pay a little bit more attention to how you feel and where you're at on the day of Tough Girl Tuesday, and then you can select the workout that you want to do or that feels right for you as well. So these programs are definitely open for everybody, um, but if, if you are somebody that has a natural menstrual cycle, you are able to adapt the training around your cycle. Cool. All right. Well, we have some questions. So Est, I'm going to throw it to you. The first question is, is it okay if I swap training days around? This is a great question. And I do this sometimes and it's definitely okay. I think we understand that everyone is really busy and has, uh, you know, different responsibilities that you have to juggle. I think the only thing is that speed workouts and long runs and steady run and strides can be taxing on your body. So like trying to space those out as much as you can throughout the week and keeping in mind that you don't want to do like a speed session one day and a long run the next or a steady run and strides and then a speed session the next day and then a long run because you've basically taken all the intensity of the week and done it in a row. So the idea behind the program is that we're sort of yeah, giving you a few days to recover between each of the more intense sessions. So I would just say, yeah, like being mindful that you're not swapping days around so much that you are then completing the harder sessions one after the other. I think just with how much load's going through your body with marathon and half marathon training that you just need that recovery to make sure that you're able to go hard again and give your body that um, rest that it needs. So yeah, totally okay about being mindful um, that you shouldn't put those runs together. Is there anything I missed there, you reckon, Liz? No, that is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. Next question. If we run three days per week, which runs should we do? Yeah, awesome. So this leads on to what Est was just chatting about, training days. Yes, there is a lot of running in these programs. And if it feels like there's too much running for where you're at in your training journey, it is so fine for you to pull runs out. 
the three key sessions for you to do is your speed session, so your Tough Girl Tuesday session, your Steady Run and Strides, which is on your Thursday, and your Long Run. Those are the key three sessions that you want to do. And then the other runs throughout the week, which are mostly recovery runs, let's get rid of them and you don't need to do them. Those are just like really building up your mileage over time, allowing you to get more mileage in your legs without taking too much out of you. But if you only set aside three days of training per week, the speed sessions, steady run and long run are your key ones that you want to get done. And don't feel guilty about removing runs either. It's so fine to take runs out of your program. Everyone's going to do what is right for them. And um, you just want to get to that start line in the most sustainable way possible. So if that means taking runs out of the plan, do that. Next question is, I am nervous. I'm not going to cover the full distance in training. Is that okay? Totally expected to be nervous about this type of thing. And it can seem strange sometimes that you may not potentially cover like the full distance that you're aiming to cover in your training, but that's totally normal in a training plan for a half and a full marathon. The reason being that the amount of impact going through your body running 42.2 Ks or even 21.1 is so much. And the um, you've got to weigh up the cost first benefit kind of thing. Like, is it actually worth you going and running that? And how much time you're going to need to recover prior to that race? Or is it worth covering, you know, the longest run you'll do and getting as far as you get in that just to make sure that you're prepared and you're getting that fitness up, but you're not putting too much strain on your body. So for the full marathon, the chances are you will definitely not run a marathon distance and that's totally fine. Just know that you're saving your energy and saving your body for race day, which is where you're going to cover that full distance. And then the half marathon, you may get close to covering that in your long runs. So yeah, don't feel nervous about it. It is totally normal not to run the full distance in training leading into a marathon, especially. Cool. All right, next question. I'm currently following the standard Nike half marathon plan and I love it. Is it okay to switch up the luteal phase parts when they come up or should I swap the plan completely? This is a really good question. I would suggest that you can just switch out the speed sessions. So those luteal phase workouts, the sessions that we've given you in the FEMI plan, you can take those and execute them alongside the Nike Melbourne Marathon plans um, instead of the sessions that are given to you in those plans. So definitely like what we've tried to do with our Femi Nike plans is integrate some of the Nike training um, into our plans as well. So there you'll see there's some audio guided runs on the NRC app and MTC sessions that you can do alongside the workouts that we've given you. But if you want to follow the Nike Melbourne Marathon half or full marathon plans, Um, And then just do our Tough Girl Tuesday sessions based on the different phases of your cycle. That is so fine. Just make sure when you're approaching those Nike plans that you are subbing our workouts out for one of the speed sessions in their plans. Because I think they have two speed sessions a week and you don't want to be doing any more than that. So just sub in our speed session, which is the Tough Girl Tuesday session for one of the Nike speed sessions. And then you can continue on the Nike plan. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, there was a cute message here just saying, not a question, just want to say thanks, appreciative of the plans, which is so cute. This is a really good question. With six days of running, how do we incorporate strength training? Yeah, such a good question. I think Femi's sort of philosophy is that we take our hard days hard and our easy days easy, but we understand not everyone can do that. But, you know, if if we live in an ideal world, 
you'd be able to do your Tough Girl Tuesday workout in the morning and then hit the gym in the evening. So you've got your hard days hard and your easy days easy. So you're taking that time to really recover in between um, harder workouts. And that would mean that same thing for, say, a long run. So if you were hitting the gym twice a week, you could do your Tough Girl Tuesday on Tuesday morning, followed by your strength in the evening, and then on the weekend during your long run in the morning and then your strength session in the evening. But like I said, that's an ideal world. If you can't do that, we suggest just not doing strength the day before one of those three key runs. So trying to avoid doing it the day before a speed run or a long run, especially um, because you really want to feel really good on those days so that you can push the intensity um, and also just avoid being really tight before those runs. Because I know for myself, I do get a bit tighter the day following strength training and can sometimes be a bit sore. And then if I'm going out and trying to run really fast or really long, it can end up being quite uncomfortable. So yeah, just trying to avoid the day before those key sessions. And if you can, doing all your hard stuff on the same day. Um, but yeah, it can be pretty hard to juggle it all. That's for sure. Last week, I had to change my schedule around a little bit because of work and travel. And I had to do my strength session the night before a track workout. And my God, it was so hard. <laughs> the track workout was so hard. I felt so tired. My legs felt so heavy from the strength. So it really showed me that I need to be making my hard days hard because I just can't move strength around at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next question, how do I calculate 115% of marathon pace or is it perceived effort? I'm so glad that somebody asked this because we should have included this in our plan. So we will include it in our plan going forwards. But there is actually a, an incredible website called whatpace.com, which we'll put in the show notes, where you can plug in your marathon pace and it will spit out to you the percentages of what your marathon pace or half marathon pace should be. So it's really straightforward. You just put in your time, you put in the distance, obviously 42.2 or 21.1, and then all the percentages will be given to you. It's very easy. So we'll put in the show notes and people can just use that to calculate their specific marathon pace. I would not go off perceived effort because marathon pace should feel relatively easy, but people always go too hard, um, especially around like steady state workouts and tempos um, that are at marathon pace because it shouldn't feel tough at all. And we we like tough. Um, so, yeah. Love that. And what if someone leads, I'll just check this question from myself. What if someone doesn't have like a pace yet? What if this is their first ever marathon and they're not 100% sure like, you know, what they're going to run? Their goal is more just to finish. What What should they maybe think about in those sessions? I would probably try and figure out what your roughly what your long run sort of pace is and use that as your marathon pace to start with. So if you're doing your long runs, the first long run in the marathon plan, I think is two hours. So usually look at what that pace is for that two hour run and then work um, work off that as your marathon pace initially. And if you're feeling like it's um, improving, ideally improving over time, or if it feels too slow, then you can kind of use that to figure out what you want to try and aim for in the race. But that marathon pace should be your goal race pace for the marathon in October, not where you're at right now. But for someone who's new to marathoning, if this is your first time, ideally you've run a half before, um, that also helps. So if you've run a half before and this is your first marathon, usually want to you'll want to double your half time and add about 10%. And that will give you a good kind of 
um, range of what potentially your marathon pace will be or um, time will be. And then you can figure out your full marathon pace from that. Um, so double your half time and then add 10% and that's your goal marathon time. And then you can figure out your pace from that. But yes, we do suggest that you've run at least a half before getting into our marathon programs only because we don't want to get people running a marathon in 12 weeks who are really potentially new to running or beginner runners and really pushing them too quickly where we're putting their health and their body on the line. It's really important to be super patient with running and really gradually increase your load. So for someone who's never run a marathon before, but is really new to running, we would say, you know, give yourself at least 12 months of running consistently and work towards a half first ideally a five and a 10 K even before that. And then we can get into marathon training. So it might feel like we've kind of boxed our programs a little bit, but there's reason for it. And it's because we love you and we want to look after you and we want you to enjoy the journey and not force yourself through it. Love that. Amazing. Cool. What if you are perimenopause or on HRT? Great question. And I think kind of what Lyd said in the intro about the context behind the programs hopefully gave you a little bit more insight into if you have an irregular cycle, if you've gone through menopause or potentially you're on contraception where you don't have a um, natural menstrual cycle. So if you look into each of the Tough Girl Tuesday sessions, you can see that we've also put low energy and high energy. So this is kind of what we go off at Femi. If you don't have one of the, if you don't have a natural menstrual cycle, tap into your energy levels instead. So how are you feeling the night before? How are the, how are you feeling the morning of? And like looking at that sort of week as a whole, do you feel like you've got the energy to do a harder session, which would be the follicular phase session? Or do you have the energy to do a luteal phase session, which is just a little bit more lower intensity? Like both of the sessions are hard, like they are challenging, but one of them is just a little bit more high intensity, so it requires a little bit more energy. So that would be the main suggestion is just tapping into your energy le- levels. Love that. Sick. All right, next one. Maybe a dumb question. There is never a dumb question. Um, but what is standing breast? Is that walking or no movement? Yes, good question. So this We'll be referring to our speed sessions, most likely our interval sessions where we're giving athletes, you know, an interval session broken down into either a distance or a time and then resting for a certain amount of time before they go again. Um, And so for a rest in an interval session, it's really up to you and how you feel, how you want to approach that rest. Some people like walking around to keep blood flowing through the legs. Some people literally just want to stand and recover as much as they can before they go again. And some people do want to jog around really slowly as well. So it's totally up to you how you want to approach the rest. If you're someone new to running or new to doing interval sessions, I would probably just stand and potentially walk around really slowly. If you're maybe someone more advanced in running, then you might want to take those rests as more like slow jog to keep the body moving but just play with it as you go there's no like hard answer that you have to do this or have to do that that's the beauty of running it's all up to you at the end of the day so yeah really tap into how you feel if you want to get that heart rate down as much as possible not running so either walking really slow or standing in one place is going to get your heart rate down quicker Um, but some people like to just jog and kind of keep the legs moving before they try to run fast again so yeah, play it to how you feel. Last question is, um, 
sports bras and sock recommendations? This is a great question. And I think, yeah, you normally touch on it, Lids, but I finally got to experience the Nike Swoosh Flyknit bra. And yeah, I love that one. It is so comfy and yet to be chafing in that one as well. And I know that's always what's li- what Lids has said about it. Um, so yeah, I really love that. And I think it's it's totally worth it. I think the worst thing about running long distances sometimes is the amount of chafing that comes alongside of it. And that can be extremely painful when you go to have a nice warm shower following your race. And we don't want any of that. So yeah, I think that's a really good sports bra run. Honestly, socks, I don't know what they're called. What about you, Liz? Do you know any? I think they're the spark socks. So the Nike spark socks are like my go-to running socks. Um, me and James, my partner, fight over them every single day. Um, they are so good and you can get them in white and in black. And I'm a definitely a black sock gal. So those are like, I wouldn't recommend any other sock. That is the sock to go to. It's really thin. It's really lightweight, like compression. They just feel so nice. I, yeah. I ran in them in the weekend for the 50Ks and I don't have any blisters, which is insane because after a marathon, I definitely do. But um, in the yeah 50K, I wore those socks and they were a treat for me. And also like the Flyknit Swoosh bra is also my go-to bra. Um, I wore that in the weekend too. I have chafing, but not from my bra. It was actually from, I think, my running pack. Um, but I wore that Flyknit Swoosh bra in a 60K pacing job that I did, and I also didn't get any chafing from it. Um, so that's a massive win. All, I feel like the, the Nike Swoosh bra, just the plain Nike Swoosh bra, is, I think, probably the most popular Nike bra, sports bra on the market. And it's also incredible. Um, it is like super supportive. It's really great for running, but the, the flyknit bra is just a little bit more like compressive, which I really like. So um, those are probably, yeah, my recs too. I love it. And I feel like if anyone, you know, is listening and thinking of buying these things, like do it and then just test it out. Like when you're doing your fast speed sessions or your long runs, those are the ones to like test it out in. Cause if you're going to chafe or if you're going to, feel like you don't like those products that's where it's going to show um and so yeah testing these things prior to racing is so important like never buy something for a race that you've never worn before <laughs> that's like the ultimate tip because I have done that in the past like running shoes and just had like the worst burning feet or like get a really random blister because yeah sometimes it takes time to like break these things in and like make sure they're right for you so get testing prior to race day Love that. Wow, I think that is it. That's um, the questions we got through. So if anybody has any more questions on the programs, just flick them through to us on Instagram. We will also link the sign up for the programs into our show notes. I know that they've been built for the Nike Melbourne Marathon, but even if you are training for any other race, you can definitely download the programs and use them to train for any race um, of the 21 or 42K distance. So that link is in our show notes. Go ahead, sign up, and you'll get the first lot of programs sent through to you. So that will be the first four weeks, the first block of training, um, and then your programs will be delivered to you every four weeks after that. But, yeah, I think that's it from us today. We will be back in your ears next week with a very special guest, so come back for that one. But thanks for the chat, Est. I'll um, catch you soon. Thank you.